Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Laura Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, spiritual social media strategist, and integrative counselor, working to integrate the principles of the spiritual path into every aspect of my work and my life. This podcast is an extension of that work as I navigate the world as a white woman devotee of yoga, living at many intersections of privilege, living in the West, and trying to live with awareness. Thank you for joining me in this work. You're listening to episode 24, Seasons Being. I'll have you know I almost called this episode Seasons Ceasing because that sounded closer to Seasons Greetings because I was trying to be punny, but in the end I figured it was too corny and too hard to say, (laughs) so welcome. Here we are after a week of hiatus. Uh, I took off for the holiday last week. It was the Thanksgiving holiday, though I don't formally recognize it as Thanksgiving. Um, It's a day of reflection and mourning over the experience of Indigenous people in my experience, although I do gather with my family and eat and rest because that is um, what our society has sanctioned as a day where we can be off and we can gather with each other. Uh, So it's very complex, but I did take the week off and I'm happy to be back here with you. As always, if you want to support what's going on here on the show, the best ways you can do so are by rating it and leaving a review or one or the other on whatever platform you're using to listen. And if you feel called to share on social media or by word of mouth, I am incredibly honored by that. And as I always tell you, the most honored by the fact that you're just here and that I get to share um, my understanding of yoga philosophy and some guided practice with you. So let's get into it. We'll begin with our traditional opening ritual of singing the sound of Om one time. Om is the sound of consciousness. It is the vibratory essence of pure awareness. And I've also heard from one of my teachers recently, Darren Rhodes, that Om is a neutralizing sound. It's a neutralizing sound. And Darren says that neutrality brings perspective, which again feels like an offering of awareness. So you can join in this practice by singing out loud or just by listening. And if you're coming along, I'll invite you to get your body into a comfortable position. Feel free if you'd like, or if it feels good, or if it's safe to do so, to close your eyes or soften your gaze by looking down the tip of your nose or at the floor. Just turning your awareness toward yourself here. And I'll invite you to take a deep breath in through your nose if nostril breathing is accessible for you. Exhale through your nose, clearing the path for consciousness with your breath. And then inhale for one sound of OM. Thank you for joining me in that practice. And now for this week's discussion. I'll start by saying I'm finding it difficult to meditate right now. This year has been one that's really purposeful in terms of me trying to prioritize my seated practice, my seated consciousness practice, especially in the morning, because although I less and less I am 
I am less and less attached to rigid structure or expectations around practice for myself and especially for other people. But there is something to making awareness the first thing we practice when we open our eyes, when we start the day, rather than um, just inundating ourselves with information or tasks or, you know, the things that get us kind of amped up, kind of starting with steadiness and awareness, that that means something. So this year, I've really worked hard to prioritize that, starting my day with awareness as often as I can and in whatever ways I can, especially because this year I started seeing counseling clients. I'm currently a social work student. I'm getting my master's in clinical social work, and I started an internship this year in which I have been seeing counseling clients, and that's a new role. It's a big step. It it asks more of me and my energy, and it felt all the more important for me to be nourishing myself with my meditative practice so that I could then offer an open and nourishing space for other people. So I really made it a point to prioritize morning meditation this year to the point where I started the practice of leaving my phone on my desk in my at-home workspace as often as possible, leaving it out of my bedroom, trying to make my bedroom a separate space for rest and nourishment so that my brain could really tell the difference between when it was time to rest, take care of myself, practice, versus when it was time to work. So I would leave my phone on my desk, sleep without the phone so that when I wake up in the morning, I am not, um, I don't have the opportunity to reach for the phone immediately and either start working or start distracting myself or start inundating my brain with information that can often be stressful. I was trying to create the conditions to um, get up and go inward, basically. And I really worked hard to prioritize that this year. And overall, it's been pretty successful. And I hesitate to even use the word successful because I don't I don't want to place value judgment on practicing or not practicing. Like I said, one of the other things that I'm trying to do this year is be much less rigid around kind of judging myself for you know, checking practice off the list, accomplishing a certain kind of practice, and thinking of myself as kind of better or worse if I do or don't do some kind of practice. So the word successful maybe isn't the best one, but it's the one I have right now. And it's been pretty successful. My efforts to um, prioritize practice, awareness, meditative space, self-nourishment, Um, inner work as the first things that I do in the day. Now, that doesn't mean that I've done it every single day. There's still an ebb and a flow in my practice where, you know, there are some days where um, the life is full and I have to get up and start work immediately. Or, you know, I do fall asleep with my phone in my room and it's much easier to wake up and go right into like the digital space that can be distracting or stressful or um, just activate my nervous system. It has still happened, but overall, I really have seen an increase in my capacity and my dedication to practicing first thing in the morning. And sometimes it is a full, quote unquote, formal meditation where I'm sitting at my altar on my cushion. I'm breathing deeply. I'm kind of going through a um, systematic um 
deep meditation practice. Sometimes it's a little less intense than that. Sometimes I'm sitting in my bed and I'm just doing five minutes of breath work, or I do a full meditation and I sit in my bed rather than at my altar. So there is fluidity around it, but it has happened. But I share all that not to just sit here and say, oh my goodness, look at how amazing I am because I have meditated more this year. Ha ha ha. That is not the purpose of this share. The reason that I'm sharing the relative success I've had with prioritizing morning mindfulness, morning awareness practice is because I'm seeing a contrast right now to that success. And I want to share that contrast with you because right now, as I said in the beginning of this discussion moment, I am finding it hard to meditate in the morning. I am sleeping with my phone in my room a little bit more than I have been, especially uh, the way I I was doing it toward the beginning of the year. I am waking up and either getting into work or getting into the day in some other kind of way. Um, I am just waking up and choosing not to meditate because I'm not feeling it or I'm resisting it for, for whatever reason or another. I am not meditating in the morning as much. And the same or something similar can be said about my physical yoga practice. Though I am, you know, I have made effort and have been keeping up with physical movement in a relatively consistent way. It is not, I'm I'm not moving as much as I was, say, in the beginning or the middle of the year. I am not doing as much physical practice. I'm not doing physical practice that is dynamic or vigorous like it has been. Um, And this is, you know, whereas the meditation piece, the, the dedicated morning meditation piece was one that I began really purposefully this year. I've been doing physical movement practice for eight years. Um, so that's a longer standing practice. But even still, right now in this space, I am doing less physical practice. So I'm meditating in the morning less and I am doing less physical practice. And when I say right now, I'm recording this in the, on the second day of December 2021. So um, moving into the winter season, it is the end of the year. It is dark by pitch dark by six o'clock where I am. So when I say right now, that is what I mean. That is the position that I'm sitting in. When I say I'm doing less of these kinds of practice that are very important to me and that I have been historically pretty purposeful about, I'm doing less of them right now. And of course, there is a part of my mind, and I want to be very clear that it is coming from my mind. I don't think it's coming from a deeper space like my heart or my soul or my essence, whatever you want to call it. There's a part of my mind that doesn't feel great about that that feels like I am less than I was when I was doing more morning meditation and or more physical practice or that I'm kind of fucking up for lack of a better word, that I am not on it. I am not um, aligned like I quote unquote should be um, or that I'm just, I'm less of a dedicated practitioner. I am not disciplined enough. I am not um, dedicated enough right? There's a lot of should-ing. I'm should-ing all over myself, as I've heard uh, some people say. So there is a part of my mind that doesn't feel great about it. But just like I actively worked to set the conditions for myself to do more dedicated internal practice this year, right now, 
in this end of year space where I am noticing these things, um, right? And I want to be clear that in noticing my patterns, in noticing these changes that have happened in my practice, I am practicing mindfulness and awareness. Noticing ourselves, even if it's not informal practice, is a practice. So I want to be clear that that's happening. But in noticing these changes, I am actively working to choose a deeper part of myself to come from around this because there's that part of my mind that's kind of shooting myself and even shaming myself and kind of um, just judging myself and I'm aware that it's my mind and I'm actively choosing working trying to come from a deeper space as I relate to myself around these changes that are happening because I am aware that there is a natural cycle to things. When I think about the earth, you know, I talked about it's the end of the year. I'm moving, you know, we're moving toward the winter season. And when I think about the earth, she goes through these natural cycles. There is the sort of momentum and potential of spring. There is the steady burn of fire and and life that is summer there is the decay and downturn of fall and there is the kind of deep stillness of winter I'm aware that the earth goes through these types of cycles and many of my own spiritual teachers and yoga teachers have talked about the cycles that the earth goes through and related many different types of yogic and meditative practices to the way that to the cycles that the earth goes through and they've taught about how it can be really supportive for us um, and and aware and conscious for of for us to align ourselves with the different cycles of the earth so all that is to say i am i'm aware that the earth goes through these different cycles and as i live as a human and i watch the world turn and i watch time pass and i watch the seasons change as they always do you know god willing however long i get to be here to watch them but as i watch them i don't judge the earth for moving through her seasons and her process and her different ways of being and existing i watch them i live in them as fully as i can and oftentimes i am inspired by them i am uplifted by them my heart is opened by the way the seasons change i am connected to a sense of magic and wonder and depth and connection itself um, as i watch the seasons change so there's a lot of beauty in that and really not a lot of judgment there might be some grumpiness around certain season changes because like i said it gets pitch dark at 6 p.m right now and you can't tell the difference between seven o'clock and one o'clock in the morning but i'm still not i'm not thinking less of the mother earth for going through her cycles and so the question then becomes as i do this work to try to come from a deeper place than my judgment mind as i relate to myself and my own cycles and changes the question becomes why if i'm not judging the mother earth why am i judging myself Because the teaching that I have received, my understanding is that I am a part of the earth. 
right? She is the mother earth. She's a form of the mother. So I've been taught the, the essence of creation and nurturing that is the mother. There's an episode I did on the mother, if you want to hear more about that. But the earth is a form of the mother. And so I am, we are, you are a child of the earth. I am made of the same elements the earth is made of. I am held by the earth. The earth is my home. The earth is my witness, as the Buddha would say. Um, I am a part of the earth. All signs point to I am a part of the earth. And I move through cycles and changes just like she does. There's so much synchronicity between the patterns of the earth and the patterns that I and we move through as as humans, as children, um, as, as parts of the earth. And so if I can witness and be inspired by and be opened up by the changes and cycles of the earth, why would I attach shame to the similar types of changes that happen in me? And I ask that as a rhetorical question, um, although I kind of know why I my, my the pattern of my mind is to attach shame to those cycles when they come from me. Um, and it's because of the, the type of systems and the type of world that I live in. I live in a world of, of capitalism. I live in a world of busyness. I live in a world that prioritizes or or I should say attaches value to th- uh, kind of arbitrary concepts like productivity and work um, and even like suffering. Like the more I struggle, the more worthy I am according to the system of capitalism. So of course I judge myself for changing like the seasons change when it comes to a season that is slower and more internal and less about doing. Of course I would judge myself for that. But if I'm if I'm trying as I am to come from this deeper place and I am seeing myself a little more clearly, maybe seeing myself through the eyes of my heart rather than the lens of my mind and seeing myself as a part of the earth, of course I'm going through a cycle of change just as the earth is. If we think about the seasons, right? The potentiality of spring, the blazing life of summer, the downturn of autumn and the deep inner stillness and even death of winter in terms of how the earth or if we if we think of how the earth moves through those patterns and if we are a part of that then it makes sense that we too are a, that we too go through those those changes and so it feels unrealistic to expect ourselves to show up in the same way in the winter time as we would in the spring or the summertime we have more natural energy during summertime um you know just kind of in a planetary sense we're closer to the sun the sun is a source of energy of course we have more energy the winter time there's less sun there's less uh solar power to charge us up and there is in so many places in nature and in us a natural downward turn of energy and so it makes natural sense that we would be doing less than we did earlier in the year that we would be doing things differently than we would earlier in the year and that we would need to feel more still that there's less inertia less momentum less kind of um capacity to stick to a set routine right 
there's sort of a dying away of some of, of what has happened this year, some of our patterns for better or worse. And sometimes that means a dying of the way we did things before. Even if it feels like the way we did things before is how we should have been doing them, there is a, there's a wintertime dying where some things have to go. And the seasons always change. And things grow back. And it could be that those patterns and ways of being, like my dedicated morning meditation and my more dynamic movement practice, whatever patterns and practices support you, it could be that they come right back, that they find their way back to us, just like flowers bloom again in the spring. Or new and entirely different patterns could come. There is a sense of of trust when we acknowledge the cycles of the earth and ourselves as part of those cycles. Trust that things always change, just like the way that we were doing things before changed and maybe became a little more slow and inward because of this season. They will change again and things will come back. Life will come back in different new and maybe even familiar ways. So there's a trust in what's coming back, but there's also a trust that it is a natural thing for things to slow down, turn inward, and kind of die away at this time of year. And so I share that as the perspective I've been taking as I do this intentional work to come at my seasonal shift of energy and patterns um, from a place that is deeper than my judgment mind. That's my process and the way that I'm giving myself grace. And I, I share it as an invitation for you to do the same. And it's not just around right my yogic practices, even though they are sort of the, the center of my universe in so many ways. They are some of the most supportive tools I have, and I am forever um, in love with the yogic practices. It's not just the practices where, where things have shifted in this season. It's everything, right? I'm working in different ways. There are... There are days where I work from my bed, right? I work remotely, which is an incredible privilege. And I say that with full acknowledgement that my position is one of incredible privilege that I even get to work from my bed. But in this season, I'm doing it more than I'm working at my desk because I need to be supine, right? I need to be reclined um, in order to have enough mental energy, like rest my body in order to have enough mental energy to do my work. I'm also finding it difficult to uh, keep my momentum going in school, right? I am in school. I'm getting a master's degree. I'm taking two classes this semester and it's the end of the semester and things are wrapping up. And this has been a hard one. This has been rough because there's been this um, just collision of different factors, right? The natural downturn of energy and the fact that I've been, you know, I've been in grad school for two years and I've been living in a pandemic for two years among every other social, cultural and societal thing that's been happening. So there's some real burnout there along with the natural downturn of energy. And it's kind of wild to think that, you know, on top of the burnout or on top of the, sorry, what I should say is it's wild to think that on top of the natural decline in energy that happens this season, that I should also be expected to push through burnout from the way that the world is and still keep my energy up. It's kind of wild the way that we structure our lives. And I, I acknowledge that this is how it is. If I'm talking about school, right? This is how it is. 
Um, this is how I have to, it has to be. I've got to um, kind of be in this system in order to hopefully then create new systems through the work I'm going to do in the world. But, you know, I've got to do schoolwork at the end of the year. But I'm just, I'm, I'm noticing that it's kind of wild that we've structured our lives this way. And it might be more supportive if we did all acknowledge ourselves as parts of the earth and structured our lives and our work and our school semesters to accommodate for the natural fluctuations and energy that happen with the seasons. But I share that to say the natural downturn and the difficulty keeping up the same momentum I had at the beginning of this year, it's happening in every area of my life. And I share all of that not to just wax poetic about my own situation and navel gaze for 20 minutes, but really just as an invitation and as an offering right here on the Awareness Offerings podcast, an offering that it makes sense if you're feeling this way too. If you have less energy, if you're not doing things the same way you were with as much momentum or vigor or liveliness as you were at the beginning of the year, it makes sense because neither is the earth. Neither is this macrocosm of life, this uh, kind of large scale example of life that we have in front of us every day, the earth. She's not doing it the same way she was either at the beginning of this year. And... There's no shame in that for her because she always regenerates. She, she goes inward and then she bursts into bloom again in a few months. And she offers this beautiful example for us of how we can relate to ourselves as little, if the earth is the macrocosm, we are the microcosms. We are little, little planets ourselves with all of our, our solar systems of cells and, um, you know, our galaxies of, of blood that flow through us. Um, you know, we are little planets and we can, we can take that example of, um, just embracing the, the, the downward turn as something that is natural and not a flaw. Um, something that will inevitably change. The momentum will come back, but not something that we have to judge ourselves for or even work against. And I'm finding that even that small shift of, okay, I don't have to work against this. I can do what I'm able to work with it, whether that means being okay with less movement practice or lying down as I do my work. Um, if I if I take that small shift of, okay, I'm going to work with this, it then becomes a little more possible to still do work in the world and still fulfill my responsibilities. Because I'm aware that even though it's natural for energy to, to um, diminish at this time, we all still have things to do. Uh, we have to get them done. But uh, even the small shift of just you know, if we're just using less energy on judging ourselves for having less energy, then we have more energy to put toward the things we still have to do. (laughs) So I call this episode Seasons Being because I'm feeling like that's the teaching. That's what the winter season really teaches us about um, is going inward, right? We We are animals. Many animals are hibernating at this time of year. Um, many, many, you know, the activity of nature gets quiet. Uh, the trees, um, you know, they shed their leaves and all of the, all of the energy goes inward. Um, and so that's the lesson. It's like turning inward and being okay with being, with doing less, accomplishing less, having less momentum and just being, maybe being a little slower, Maybe being a part of the earth and just being where we are. 
So on that note, I will invite us to explore this in practice. This is the moment in the Awareness Offerings podcast where we'll go into meditative practice together. If you're doing something that precludes you from sitting and, um, excuse me, turning inward, you know that there's the there's the one air bubble per podcast. There it is. <laughs> uh, if you're doing, you know, if you're keeping track, there it is. Um, but if you are uh, doing something that would make it difficult for you to sit and meditate, um, this might be a good time to pause the podcast and come back whenever you have the space. If you're coming along, I'll invite you to get your body into a comfortable position. As always, you can sit And you don't even have to sit. Usually we do sit for meditation just because it's a posture that invites a little more physical stillness, which then teaches us about internal stillness. But you don't have to sit. If you are sitting, you can sit in any position that allows you to lengthen your spine. Your spine is the center line of your body, the central central pathway of energy. So when it's long, things just move more freely and there's more connection and flow. You can accomplish that in any way whether you're sitting in a chair on your bed on the floor with legs crossed or not with props or support under your tailbone or your legs and as you find your way into your seat know that if you need to adjust your body move and take care of your body in this practice feel free but we will take some purposeful physical stillness here to turn toward the internal stillness Just like the stillness of winter uh, moves toward us every day in this season. And as you find that seat, you might close your eyes. Or you might soften your gaze by looking down the tip of your nose or gazing softly at the floor. Either way, it's a gesture and a practice of turning toward yourself. And we'll just do that for the first few moments of this meditation practice together. And turn toward ourselves. Turn inward. By softening the gaze, maybe by noticing the breath. Maybe you watch as your inhales move in through your nose. And out through your nose if nostril breath is available to you today. Maybe by noticing what sounds you hear, what physical sensations you feel, what emotions or energy is present for you. Even noticing the thoughts you're having. When you notice them rather than grabbing onto them and following the train of thought, you create a little bit of separation between you and the thoughts so that you can be more present to your experience beyond the thoughts. But even noticing the thoughts is a way of turning towards yourself. Drawing inward is a winter practice and a meditation practice. In the winter, life draws toward itself to conserve and replenish, to then burst into bloom again when the seasons change. 
In meditation, we draw inward to replenish ourselves, to nourish ourselves and kind of drink from the source of our own energy so that we can then go back out and pour into the world, offer to the world. So here we will draw inward. And first I'll invite you to imagine or do, either way, bring your focus to your skin. You might notice one part of your body where you can feel your own skin, or you might do kind of a body scan where you notice the skin that encases your whole physical form, from your head to your neck, your limbs, your spine, your torso. Just noticing that outer layer of your physical body. And then you might imagine softening your skin. That might be something that feels like it's tangibly happening or that might sound really strange and you just go with the intention of softening your skin. But it's almost like the, the boundaries between your skin and the air around you dissolve a little bit and you soften into the moment that you're in. softening your skin if your mind wanders somewhere else it's okay as soon as you notice you have created more awareness and you can bring your focus back to your skin maybe your breath and that practice of softening your skin And from here, I'll invite you to imagine taking that same sense of softness that you kind of covered your own skin with and drawing it in so that it then pours into your, your inside, <laughs> into your internal organs, your lungs, your heart, into your muscles, the tissue that connects all of the systems of your body, your veins, the way the blood flows through your veins, this same sense of softness, just going one layer deeper into your, your internal body, breathing it there, imagining it there, maybe feeling it there. Now I will invite you to imagine taking that sense of softness one layer deeper, all the way into your bones, the architecture of yourself, your physical body, just bone deep softness and awareness, drawing it one layer deeper here. 
And again, you might focus on one place where you feel your own bones, or it might be like a body scan where you systematically kind of pour this softness and awareness into the bones of your body, from your skull to your neck, your shoulder blades, arms and finger bones, your spine, your ribs, your hips, your legs and shins and feet, maybe moving it around or keeping it still, but drawing it one layer deeper, like wrapping a blanket around yourself and hugging in, drawing this softness and presence bone deep. Now it's like you've drawn yourself closer to yourself. You've drawn inward, just like life draws inward as the seasons change at the end of the year. And if drawing inward is the first step of embracing, of of being in this season, the second step would be just embracing the downward flow of energy. In Sanskrit, it's apana kind of a downturn, a a slowing down that is natural. And apana in Sanskrit is associated with kind of our elimination energy, right? The elimination of body fluids, but also, um, and I've not actually heard a teacher say this to me. It feels intuitive to me, but if I'm wrong, someone tell me, and I apologize if I am, but intuitively it feels like apana, the downward flow of energy, is associated with the exhalation, a release and a, and a, and a downward flow. And so for this next part of this meditation, I'll just invite you to make your exhale longer than your inhale as a way of embracing that natural downward flow. So maybe you inhale and you count how long it lasts. As you exhale, you make the exhale one count longer than your inhale. So for me, I'm noticing that I inhale for five. So then I exhale for six. And as you do this practice, you might then kind of continue to stretch it. If you want to, you can start to make the exhale two counts longer than the inhale or three or don't do that, right? We're embracing a little less effort and expending of energy um, in this season. So do or don't, but just make your exhale a little bit longer than your inhale.
Let's do three more breaths like that with a longer exhalation than an inhalation. One more time, inhaling. Exhale a little bit longer than you inhale. And then release the effort, which is another one of the lessons of this season. And just notice. Notice how you feel. Be in the experience as... the best of your ability even if that means you're still having thoughts and then you're refocusing on how you feel we're just being here From here, I'll invite you to take a deep breath in through your nose. Exhale through your mouth. Grounding sigh to release. We'll do two more like that. One more. Then you can begin to blink your eyes open. Perhaps move your body around. Coming back from the space of formal meditation. But if you can, I'll invite you to continue to notice how you feel. To take the, the lessons of meditating like the earth does in winter with you as you move into this season and as we do it together. And what it feels like I've arrived at, the insight I've arrived at as I have had the honor and opportunity to um, move through this and explore this topic with you through this podcast is that in order to be in this season, the three things we can do are to turn inward like life turns inward in the winter. To embrace the downward flow, the downward turn of energy rather than fighting against it. And to release some effort and be, be in the experience. Thank you for sitting with me as I moved through this experience in my own consciousness and shared it as an offering for grace for all of us in a season where things naturally slow down, things naturally die but the seasons will always change. 
and we can allow ourselves to do the same. Thank you for joining me for this awareness offering and for going into embodied practice with me. You can find me on social media at Laura Tara, L-A-U-R-A-T-A-R-A, on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My intro and outro music was created by none other than my very own brother, Oxella Sun, O-X-E-L-A-S-U-N, whom you can also find on Instagram.